is throughout all of eternity. Man, what an incredible, saved by grace, sustained by grace, and uh, I'm looking for an S, I guess, end by grace. There's no S in that, amen? Well, I'm glad you're here. Let me tell you what I want to do. Um, a few weeks ago, we began to wind down our, our series in parables, and I knew it was ending, but I really wasn't sure where to go. And so I, uh, I said, Lord, you know, where do you want to go? What, what do you have for us? Where do we go from here? And I, I was in a kind of a prayer time. Uh, not a kind of a prayer. I was actually praying. And I, uh, but I, I was meditating. I don't know if you meditate or not, but I, I do. I mean, I don't do the mmm thing, but I, I just kind of sit there and think a little bit. And uh, I, I said, you know, Lord, I we got a good fall planned, I think. God, I believe we're going we're gonna to do some neat things this year. But I just don't want the people to come and sing a little bit and then leave. We need something. God, I, I just I want something that will help them. And let me just kind of, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak here, but he began to kind of deal in my heart a little bit. And, and, and let me tell you what I, I wrote down, what I, I think maybe God had for me. He said, Tom, people go everywhere seeking answers to life's problems. They try everything to make sense out of life. They try everything. And yet, if they, and they're looking for purpose. But Tom, if they would just come to me, just come to me, then everything they need, everything they're seeking, everything they're trying would be taken care of. And so when I got through, I thought, you know, that's cool. Uh, come to me. And so I don't know if you have a Bible program. I don't see how the Apostle Paul made it without a computer. But I, I went to a search engine, and so I just typed in, come to me. And as the verses came up, I just began to, to thumb through the words of Jesus when he said, come to me. And I identified, oh, I know there's more, but what five of them kind of jumped out at me. And I thought, this is cool. God, let's do it. And so we're going to begin a series, okay, a short series all built around the words of Jesus when he says, come to me. Today we're going to be in Matthew 11. You'll be given that instruction. You can turn there if you'd like. We're going to begin the series where, where Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Okay. Next week, we're going to talk about where Jesus says, Forbid not the little children. Let them come to me. I'm going to be gone. Uh, Mike, I mean Mark, Mike, Mark, whatever his name is. Mark is going to be preaching, except we're on a baby alert. And so if the baby comes, Don will. I can tell you somebody will, because I'm going to be gone, okay? But next week, we're going to talk about suffer not or forbid not the little children. Let them come to me, okay? The third week, we're going to explore faith a little bit. You remember that passage where Jesus is walking on the water and Peter sees him, you know, the disciples see him and 
Peter says, whoa, if that's you, bid me come. And what does Jesus say? Come. And so we're going to explore that passage where, where Peter walks on water, okay? Uh, number four, we're going to talk about the passage where Jesus says, uh, take up your cross, come and follow me. I want to tell you, that's an incredible passage. Uh, cross is a tough instrument, right? Now, we know there's a cross for Christ, but sometimes we forget. He said, take up your cross, come and follow me. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that. And then the last one where he says, there's a passage that says, listen, if you want to be complete, perfect, whole, then sell all you got, okay? Come and follow me. That's kind of intriguing because I hope he's not talking about my bows and arrows or anything like that, okay? But he tells us to do that. And I want us to talk a little bit about that, okay? Now, let me tell you what my goal is, okay? My goal is at the end... I, I shared with the first service, gang, I don't know that on any given Sunday we really, we really share with you anything we don't already know, okay? We, uh, you, most of you, if you've been in church, uh, most of you have heard everything that I've shared over these years and other preachers have shared. Sometimes we try to reemphasize it, okay? But my goal is this, that when we get through with this series, you're going to have a fresh awareness of who Jesus is. And why he would say, come to me. Now, it could very well be that through these years of your growing up, you've never really understood what salvation is. It could be that, that this idea of the cross and the blood on the cross and the blood sacrifice, th those things may not have resonated fully with you. And it could be that over the course of these weeks, all of a sudden, God's going to begin doing only what he can do in your heart and life. And he may be convicting you about salvation and and, uh, boy, that would be so great, okay? It could very well be, however, that, that, that you are a believer. But you've allowed some things to come between you and God. Uh, pressures of life, uh, challenges of marriage, uh, job, finances, health, whatever it may be. That there's been some kind of little uh, uh, weed grow up that has separated you from your heart from the Lord a little bit. And, of course, my prayer is that at the end of it, there may be somewhat of a rekindling of your heart. You remember what, what Jesus says? I am come that you might have what? And you might have it? Yeah. Now listen, gang. Jesus wasn't talking about heaven. I mean, it's going to be great getting up there, right? But the reason you're saved is not just to go to heaven. That's kind of icing on the cake. The reason you're saved is that you have a relationship. The moment he saves you, and this relationship with Jesus is good for you beginning the moment you're saved all the rest of your life. And then one day, we get the mother load, don't we? We get to enter the very presence of Jesus. Now, today I want us to talk about, come to me, ye who are weary. Matthew eleven twenty five. I hope you have your Bibles, okay? I want you to open there with me. It's a beautiful passage of Scripture, okay? The passage talks about life. It talks about loads and burdens that bring great weariness if you do it wrong. But it also talks about great joy when you get it right. Even in the midst of the challenges. 
Even in the midst of some of the pressures that you go through life, when you understand what Jesus says here, and when you get it right, there's incredible joy in the journey. All right, I want us to stand in honor of God's Word, and we're going to begin reading Matthew eleven twenty-five through 30, okay? At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. And grab this phrase. I'm going to end our message today on it. And anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him, okay? And then verse 28, 29, 30, wonderful. Come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Father, incredible, incredible passage of Scripture. Incredible words that your Son has given to them back then, but us today. Maybe today there's some weary people. Maybe today there's some some heavy laden people. Oh, Holy Spirit, speak to their heart. Speak to our heart. Help us understand what Jesus is saying. For your glory in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Thanks. Be seated. Did you, did you notice that, that Jesus, it seems like the predominant word or the idea here is rest. Did you get that? Jesus says, I will give it to you. And then he says, you shall find it. Let me tell you how I want to handle the passage, okay? First of all, I want us to talk for a moment about about the secret of rest. I want to define for you what I think rest is, what Jesus is talking about, okay? Number two, I want us to talk about the source of rest. You're going to know it. I've already said it. It's Jesus. And it may sound simple, but I, I, I think you'll get what I'm saying, okay? And then I want us to talk about the strength of rest, okay? Uh, how do we make this shake out for us? And then we're going to end on the prerequisite of rest. In other words, before you can ever get it, what must happen? Okay, that's what verse seven, uh, verse 27 is all about. All right? You ready? Say amen. There we go. All right, let's talk first of all about the secret of rest, okay? By the way, the idea of rest is a real common theme in the Old Testament. Actually, in, in the book of Hebrews as well, okay? We find the rest quite often throughout the Old Testament. Some have translated it, come unto me and I'll give you relief. I like that. Relief from the pressures or relief from the problems. Come to me. I'll give you some relief from whatever you're going through. Some translate refresh. Come to me. I'll refresh you. I kind of like that. We, we all need some refreshing from time to time. One even translated, come to me and I'll revive you. And that's pretty good. But I want to give you Tom's definition, okay? 
for me, as I studied the passage, as I prayed about what I felt like God wanted me to say, here, here's what I think God spoke to my heart about. For me, the idea is this, to stop from personal effort or merit, to gain some measure of peace, and then to trust the one who can give you what you seek. You got that? To stop from personal effort, which might be some kind of a performance mode, that I stop from this performance so that it doesn't kind of delude me into thinking that if I do all these things, that that's the only way I'm going to gain the favor of God. That's, that's wrong, people. God loves you by grace. He set his affections upon you. It doesn't make any difference what you do or don't do. God still loves you. But we have this mentality, or at least Tom has this idea that God only loves me when I do right. Or God only loves me when I'm dotting the I and crossing the T's. Or God only loves me when I do a good job preaching a sermon. Or God only loves Stu when he sings good. And that's so wrong to, to what the Bible tells us about God. Rest is stopping all the effort. Stopping all the performance. And trusting the only one who can really bring peace into your life. And so for me, it's a stopping and a starting. Rest is stopping all this performance and effort, and it's starting to trust only He that can make it real in my life. Here's what Jesus says. He says, come to me, and I'll give it to you. Okay, Learn of me, and you'll find it. Oh, by the way, Jesus says, I'm gentle and humble, and you will find that when you come to me and do it my way, it's really easy and light. In fact, when I looked up the word rest in the Old Testament, one of the words is to breathe. I like that. You ever said to people, hey, dude, calm down, just breathe. Breathe in and out. You know, wax on, wax off. Just breathe, you know. Well, I like that because sometimes we get so caught up in life and so caught up in the pressures of life, we just don't even breathe. Jesus said, come my way and you'll find it work for you. Now, if Jesus offers rest, then, then to who does he offer it? Notice he says, to those who are weary and to those who are heavy laden. Okay, Now, who are they? Well, we have some options that I want to explore with you. First of all, let me define for you, okay? Uh, weary. What does weary mean? Well, it means those who are worn out from striving to find something they can't find. So when we talk, it may be something internally, by the way. Uh, it's a weariness of soul. It's when we're, when we're striving to get our head around or to find something that's just not happening for us. We become weary, okay? Heavy laden means to carry a burden, so this may be external, carrying a burden that's just too heavy a burden to carry. Now, like I said, we have some options here, okay? Maybe a big load was dumped on you, and you just can't manage it. Whatever it is, those of you today that are weary, those of you today that are heavy laden, Jesus is saying to you, come. Well, what are the options we have? Let me, let me throw you up three of them just for us to talk about. It could be that 
that Jesus here is talking about life issues, okay? Um, perhaps you've tried everything in life to bring you some peace and it hasn't worked. I told my Sunday school class today when I was teaching them, I said, you know, I, I can remember those stages of my life when, when I drank my last drink and I smoked my last cigarette and, and I remember the conviction that God was building into my life and man, life was just not working for me. And my, my marriage was struggling and, and, and all that stuff was going on in the corporate world was not going well and all that kind of Tommy Rod. And, and, you know, maybe today life's not working for you because of some of the life burdens or life issues. Maybe relationships are going south for you. You know, the only problem with relationships is, don't you? People. Hmm? People, you know? Well, maybe you got a people problem. You know, and so it's not working, or perhaps it's the party scene, like drugs, or alcohol, or pornography, or maybe sex. You see, gang, life can be a real pain, can it? Frankly, God sometimes uses life's issues, life's burdens to get our attention. So maybe that's what Jesus is talking about, okay? Maybe it's spiritual issues. Maybe it's like that you've realized that when you read God's Word or study God's Word or you hear God's Word, you realize that you're coming up short. I mean, think about it this way. You read the Ten Commandments, and God very clearly in the moral law tells us there, there are these ten things you cannot do, and if you do these ten things, guess what? You've broken the law. How many of you ever told a lie? Some of you just lied. What does that mean? You're a liar. Huh? How many of you ever stolen anything? Come on. Ah, oh, gee, you just stole your truth or whatever. Everybody steals. What does that make you? A thief, doesn't it? See? And so when you study God's commandments, you come up woefully short. Gang, listen to me. God uses his word. The Word of God is God's special revelation, and that's what God uses to convict man of his sin. And it's through those special revelation of God that we see redemption unfold before us. That's not bad, that's good. However, maybe through the preaching and the teaching or the reading, there's this, there's this building of conviction in your life, and life's not working. Okay. Now, there's a third option here. It's religious issues, and let me just tell you, because of the context, because of what Jesus says, I, and he uses the word yoke here twice, which the Jews used a lot, this is really what I believe Jesus is talking about, okay? You know what a yoke is, right? Men, you know what a yoke is? It's what your wife places on when you get married, right? A yoke is a piece of wood, isn't that right? And, and a farmer, say, would place an animal under the yoke. It would be a burden on the animal so that the farmer could get from the animal what he wants to meet his expectations, okay? I believe here Jesus is talking about religious yokes or religious burdens that not God never intended Again, they're even very unrealistic. Jesus, perhaps, is saying something like this. <laughs> to them, anyway. 
Hey, you've tried the religion of the Jews, and it didn't work. You tried the religion of the Pharisees, and that hasn't worked. You just can't make it work. Why don't you try this? Come to me. Now, if the Word of God is living and active, and it is, then what was said back then to them applies to us today. Now, we have to lift up some applications out of that, do we not? We have to make it relevant to us. So perhaps Jesus is saying something like this to us today, okay? Maybe, Tom, maybe you need to quit trying the rules and the regulations that you guys have established and start trying mine. In other words, Jesus could very well be saying the meaning here is, You've tried the Baptist way. <laughs> Hadn't worked. Or you've tried the Methodist way. <laughs> Hadn't worked. Or you tried the Presbyterian way and <laughs> or the Catholic way or whatever way. <laughs> Hadn't worked. Why don't you try my way? I tell you, I'm t gang, I'm telling you. Life way doesn't work. The spiritual way God uses to bring you to Him, but it can be a burden if you don't get it right. But I want you to know the religion way doesn't work. Nothing will give you rest except Jesus. Okay? Now let's talk about that. Let's talk about number two, the source of rest. He says, come to who? Come to Indian Springs Baptist Church? No. Come to First Methodist? No. He says, come to me. And I know it sounds simple, but, it, but it's not. It's eternal, and here's why. A person can't come to Jesus until that person is honest with himself. Coming to Jesus forces a person to be real honest with themselves. Now you can walk an aisle and not be honest. You can go through the waters of baptism and not be honest. But you cannot come to Jesus without being honest with yourself. You have to see yourself as the sinner you really are. You have to understand what, what sin really does. It messes up your life now. Life doesn't work good now. And it certainly messes up your eternity. Now when Jesus says, come to me, he says, come my way. What is his way? Well, beloved, it's the way of repentance and faith, isn't it? Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand, is what he says. And the only way you can really come to Jesus is through repentance of your sin. I turn from sin. I believe solely in Jesus Christ alone to forgive me of my sin. That's his way. His way says that when you come to Him His way, He'll take your sin and He'll give you His righteousness. That's what the cross is all about, gang. He'll give you forgiveness. You'll get forgiveness. He'll get your punishment. Jesus says this, if you come, I'll give it. 
And as you continually learn about it, you'll keep on finding it. I want to tell you, gang, that's a blessed way to live. He gives it initially, and you keep on learning it continually. That leads me to number three. What's the strength of rest? Two things, if you'll open, look there with me, two things very important. Did you notice that, that Jesus uses the word rest two times? The first rest, I'm going to call, a lot of preachers call Calvary rest, okay? This is what we call relationship. This is when you realize that you're a sinner and you stand condemned and your life shows it and your heart screams it and when by faith you come, he rescues your soul. He saves your soul. Your position changes. Remember what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, right? Old things pass away. You know why old things pass away? Because they never worked to begin with. Oh, we've tried it. Man, we've tried everything life perhaps has to offer, but it doesn't work. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Gang, listen, you want new in your life? You want refreshment in your life? You want revival in your soul? Then you come to Him. It is He, Jesus, who took all the punishment of a holy, righteous God upon Calvary's cross for you. It is He that was nailed to the cross. It was He that shed His blood for you. Why don't you come? And when you come, He'll give you rest. The second rest is I'm going to call competent rest. It's the rest of discipleship. I said it a moment ago, when you, when you know him initially, then you continually walk with him. So you walk with him continually and your rest increases. You slide under his yoke. Twice he said his. You don't slide, slide under the yoke of God forbid that you would slide under the yoke of Tom Williams or Indian Springs Baptist Church or religion or any of that, okay? You take his yoke, and as you slide under his yoke and he leads you, you continually learn from him. That's why he said, my yoke is a blessing. My yoke is a joy. It's not heavy. It's not hard. I'm humble and gentle. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I submit to you, dear people. That's what you need today. That's what you need. Some of you probably need it in relationship, Calvary rest. Some of you probably need to be saved. Most of us in here need this confident rest. We need to quit striving, trying to please, and enjoy the relation. You know one thing I've learned about marriage? I've learned a lot about marriage, but I'm not going there. One thing I've learned about marriage is that when you love someone, you don't have to perform. Isn't that right? If you love someone, you're just busy doing and giving, surrendering and sacrificing. I want to submit to you that's, that's, that's what some of you need today. 
Now let me tell you how I want to close. I want you to take your Bible. And I want you to look at verse 27 with me. I'm going to read the verse, but it's that last phrase that, that's really important. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son. And here's the phrase. And anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. You see that? Now what did Jesus just say? Gang, listen. What did Jesus just say here? Here's what he said. You can't come until he bids you come. And when he bids you come, you come. That's the work of the Spirit of God in the heart of a person. It is he who initiates. It is he who is the main driver in the relationship and even in the fellowship. The depravity of our sin keeps us from seeking God, people. The depravity of our sin keeps us from finding God. We're not out looking for God. And even if we were and even if we could try, our sin would keep us from finding Him. Sin is an impenetrable wall. It separates us from God, the Bible says, that we cannot hear. Therefore, God must be the initiator. God must be the one that breaks into our life. It is God that fills our emptiness. It is God that bids us come. Maybe today, God is bidding you come. Perhaps it's for a relationship. You're weary in your burden. Oh, you've tried all the rules and the regulations. And it hadn't worked. And you've played the game. And you've even walked the aisles and been the bath and all that stuff. You might even be a Sunday school teacher. You might be a deacon. And you've played all of these games, but down inside your heart. You know, it's just not quite clicking. There's something missing. Maybe today, Jesus is saying to you, just come. Just come. Maybe it's for fellowship. There's something about us sheep. We're dumb. If there's one thing we sheep like to do, it's to split and wander. You know, isn't that right? Yeah. Man, we, you know, we don't, somehow, we just, we keep going to the same old haunts, eating the same old things, drinking the same old things, and think we're okay and we're sick as dogs or sheep. Maybe today that's where you're at, man. Maybe you realize, you know, there was a time when, the, when man, it was so exciting to be with God. There was a time when I was so excited to, to read my Bible and pray and be with God's people. Man, it was just so cool. It ain't cool anymore. Well, maybe God's saying to you, hey, sheep, you need to come. You need to come. You need to come for fellowship. You need to get back right. You see, if you do, I'll give you rest. Now listen to me. Nobody can come for you. Nobody. If I could, I would. Daddies will probably come for wives, and wives will probably come for husbands. Come for wives, wives for husbands. Parents would come for kids. 
fact of the matter is, keep listening. Andy, nobody can come, please. Dustin, nobody can come, please. Don, Larry, Thomas, Tabitha, Brian, Dale, Bubba, nobody can come, please. He says, you come. You come. If you come, he says, I'll give it. And then he says, if you come, you'll find it. And I want to bear testimony to you, gang. It worked. Alcohol didn't work for me. I thought it did until I woke up the next morning. All that other stuff just didn't work. I kept slamming myself. I kept running into a wall. My nose got broke a lot and bloodied a lot. It just didn't work. But I want you to know, Jesus works. Jesus works. Maybe today he's bidding you in. Bidding you in. Father, I love you. I thank you, Lord, you didn't leave me in the ditch. You should have. Surely, surely had no obligation to get me out. God's grace, your grace did it. I praise you. And there may be some people here today that is in a ditch with life issues, spiritual issues, religion issues. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit may be with. I don't know, God. I just know that nothing's ever done unless you do it. And uh, I, if you want to do it, I'd be happy about it, and I sure would praise you for it. So, God, I pray you'll talk to hearts today. And God, give us courage. And when Jesus says, come, it's an invitation to come. Maybe today the invitation is extended to some in this room. May they have enough courage to not be ashamed to take what you're offering. In Christ's name, amen. Let's stand together. Stu's going to be leading us.